Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy Mom Happy Home Podcast, where we believe that when moms are healthy and happy, the entire home thrives. I'm Jenna, your host, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and fellow mom on a mission to empower, inspire, and uplift you on your wellness journey. So today we are going to talk about whole food nutrition. And, you know, this is this is an aspect of our health, I think, that is is very obvious, right? Like every every cell in our body is made up of what we eat. There are diet books and diet plans and diet podcasts. And, you know, diet is a having a healthy diet is something I think that we all strive for, that we all want, but there's also a lot of confusion out there. So I'm gonna share with you, you know, what my my thoughts, my take on a healthy diet and based on working with hundreds of clients, based on what I've learned in school, what I've learned through the hard knocks of life and really just what I would recommend to anybody as a very, very good starting point. So we're going to dive deep into the foundations of whole food nutrition and we are going to explore how, how to build a healthy plate for you and your family and what that looks like. But before we jump in, let's talk about what we mean by whole food nutrition. So when we talk about whole foods, we're really referring to foods that are as close to their natural state as possible. These are foods that haven't undergone much process or refinement. So you're we're thinking about like meats and vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and whole grains and things like that. Food that has that's that's in its whole natural form. And this is important because whole foods are rich in essential nutrients. They provide the vitamins, minerals, the fiber and antioxidants that our bodies need to be able to function optimally, to be able to function as best as they possibly can. And unlike processed foods, which often contain additives and preservatives, whole foods offer just so much more of a nutrition punch than than your processed foods do. Even if it's processed foods with like that are fortified with vitamins, they're not a replacement for the real thing. So processed foods, they undergo significant alterations. They may have added sugars in them, unhealthy fats, and just a range of artificial ingredients that are made somewhere in a laboratory. Whole foods, on the other hand, they're in their natural state and they really preserve the nutritional integrity. And a healthy diet is really focusing on those whole foods, focusing on those foods that are still in their original state. And that doesn't mean that you can't cook them. It doesn't mean you can't chop them. It just means whole foods that aren't, don't have things added to them. You're going to try to stay away from like packaged and boxed food as much as possible too. So a healthy diet, when we talk about a healthy diet, it's really, it's really all about balance. And it's, and what I mean by that is a balance of macronutrients. And the three macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And you want to make sure that you have all of those because they all have different functions. Carbohydrates provide energy for our body. It's, it's quick energy. It's something that Carbohydrates also have a ton of vitamins and minerals in them. Protein is going to be great for muscle growth and muscle repair. And and then fats are great for a variety of bodily functions. They actually help to, like if you're eating a super low-fat diet and your hormones are crazy, add some more fat into your diet. Every single cell in your body actually has a fat layer is comprised of fat. So you want to make sure that you are getting fat in your diet. It's very, very important. And then the right fats are very important too. 
So each nutrient, macronutrient, and even the micronutrients, they play a unique role. And having a balanced diet, so having a diet that has all three of those in it, just helps to ensure that you're meeting all of your nutritional needs. And and then I want to talk a little bit about nutrient density too. So nutrient density, you might have heard that term before, like make sure you're eating a whole food nutrient-dense diet. If you haven't heard that before, you'll probably hear it again if you keep listening to this podcast. But really, that's just like the concentration of nutrients in a food that's relative to its calorie content. So whole foods tend to be really highly nutrient dense, providing a lot of nutrition without an excessive number of calories. And it's really about getting like the the most bang for your nutritional buck. So when you think about a plate, let's think about like breakfast, for example, you want to make sure again that you're getting, and this is just kind of a baseline. Depending on what your plans are and what your goals are, it might be a little bit different for you. But what I put all of my clients on as a baseline is about 30% fat, 30% protein, and 40% carbohydrates. And again, we're talking whole foods, carbohydrates here, not like crackers and chips, but like fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. And so if you if you kind of visualize a plate like let's talk about a breakfast plate. So you have some protein in every meal. You can do you can do eggs, you can do some kind of meat. Greek yogurt is a great source of protein. And then also you want to make sure that you have some healthy fat. So eggs actually are healthy fat too. Eggs are one of those foods and a lot of foods are both protein and fat or carbohydrate and protein or carbohydrate and fat. A lot most foods aren't aren't just one thing. Although, you know, butter is one thing. Meat, that like very, very lean meat is primarily protein. So some foods are, but most foods are some kind of combination. So you want to make sure that you've got some healthy fats. So, you know, like breakfast for, for me this morning, I had two eggs, I had some avocado, I had arugula, and then blueberries and a little bit of Greek yogurt on the side. So the, the Greek yogurt has my protein, the eggs have a little bit of protein in them as well. Not a ton, actually. Eggs have have less protein in it than you think. And then the arugula provided the the micronutrients, the vitamins and the minerals. And I did, of course, put some sea salt on my food too, which also added some extra minerals in too. And the avocado was some good healthy fat. So I had a, a, a variety of of micronutrients. Oh, and I had some blueberries. I might not have said that. So a variety of micronutrients and macronutrients, because my goal is really to stay like I is to stay full, to not feel like I need to go back and eat another meal in two hours. And I always tell my clients, you know, if you're eating food and and you're, or if you eat a meal and you're hungry two hours later, think about what you ate and add to that. Add some more protein, add some more fat, because you shouldn't have to be eating every two hours in order to stay satiated and full of energy. So so think about that. Like what what are you eating for breakfast? Is it full of protein? Is it full of fat? My breakfast today probably had about 40 grams of protein in it, which which is right about where I'd like to I'd like to be at 30 to 40 grams of protein at every single meal. That's that's my personal goal for myself. And so anyway, so think about your breakfast plate and it could be it could be a smoothie with, you know, lots of my, of fruits and vegetables in there. But if it is, just make sure you've got some good fat, some good protein in there as well. And then, and then if we are looking at like lunch or dinner, I'm just going to combine those two because 
you know, they can be very similar, but you just want to make sure that you've got some vegetables, you have a good protein and you've got some healthy fat. So that could be like some mixed greens with some cut up veggies on top. That could be, you know, sliced chicken, sliced beef, smoked salmon, and a little drizzle of olive oil and some sea salt for some minerals and, and you're good to go. And that could be for like dinner or or for lunch and a variety of, of vegetables too. So, you know, roasting vegetables is actually my favorite way to do it. So just chopping up veggies, getting them in the oven at 425, drizzle a little bit of avocado oil and sea salt and pepper and cook them up for about 15 minutes. And that that's actually my favorite way to have like broccoli, cauliflower, green beans, things like that. So just a variety of vegetables, switch them, switch them off and on. You know, I like to go a little bit more seasonally. So right now it's the end of January and there's like nothing in season. <laughs> At least it feels like there's nothing in season. So I'm still kind of eating like sweet potatoes and and, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, things like that. But but come spring, we start to get some spring greens, which is exciting, and some snap peas, and things just kind of change up and lighten up a little bit. But for, but, but so I like to eat in season that tends to make, that tends to ensure that I'm getting a variety of fruits and vegetables in my diet and not just eating the same thing over and over and over again. And then the same thing for proteins too. I try not to just eat chicken every night or just eat beef every night, but I want to make sure because chicken has a different nutrient profile than beef, than salmon, than pork. So I want to make sure that I'm getting a variety of whole food meat sources too in my diet. So I, I definitely try to change that up. And depending on where you live, that can make a difference too, because I, you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest and it's a lot easier for me to get fish than it might be for somebody living in the middle of the country. So at every single meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even your snacks, making sure that they're balanced with a good amount of protein, fat, and carbohydrates is going to be your best bet for ensuring nutrient density, but also ensuring just overall health. You want to keep your blood sugar stable and you do that by making sure you know, that you're not just eating carbohydrates for a snack, but that you've got some protein and some fat along with that too. So another question that I get a lot is like, where do I find these foods? So I, I like the advice and I know there's a lot of like controversy out there, but I, which, you know, about like, maybe, maybe this isn't the best idea for everybody to do this, or maybe not everybody can afford to do this. But, but I, I think it's actually really good advice to shop the perimeter of the grocery store. So, you know, that's going to be your, your vegetables, your fruit, your meat, some good, good quality dairy. And that's about it. I do venture into the, into the rows too, and I'll get some, you know, beans and, and some grains and stuff too. But for the most part, the majority of my shopping cart is filled with food from the perimeter of the grocery store and, and some, some, some sh shelf stable stuff, maybe like oils or, or things like that. But, but if you can't find, you know, good quality produce in your, in your local store, you're not, you can't find what you're looking for as far as the meat goes, because it can be really hard to find affordable like organic meat, affordable grass-fed beef, things like that. I would say look look in your area. Do like a Craigslist search and see if you can find a local farmer in your area that's maybe selling like a half a half a cow or a half a pig or 
farm-raised chickens or, or whatever, but see see if you can find, look in your local area. Even if you're in the city, you still might be able to find some things. See if you can find somebody that is doing like a, like a farm share. And that's like a, why can't I think of the name of it right now? A CSA. So you can buy into, like you pay upfront ahead of time for like a box of whatever produce they're going to have available each week. And then each week you get whatever produce the farm has available. And it's it's called the CSA and you can look that up in your area as well. But that's a really good way to get local fresh um, produce too and support your local farmers, which is great. So, and oftentimes you'll be exposed to, to new fruits and vegetables that you maybe haven't tried before, which is really fun, but also they're not having to travel hundreds of miles. And so you're eating food that, that is a lot fresher and, and the food does tend to degrade as soon as it's picked, especially the produce tends to degrade as soon as it's picked. And so consuming that food as as quickly as possible to when it's been picked is going to be the best for nutrient density too. And a lot of times it's going to be cheaper. Buying in bulk is also another way to, to be able to get really good quality whole foods too. So again, I get my, like I will get half a cow once a year and then we get all the beef we need. We have steaks and roasts and ground beef all year for right around like $5 a pound, which ends up being a really, really good deal. If, if you've ever looked in the grocery store for grass-fed beef, <laughs> you know, that's a really good deal. We also raise our own pigs, which I know, you know, not everybody can do, but, but we do that. And so we're able to save a lot of money on good pastured organic pork too. We have backyard chickens, and so we can get pastured eggs and can control what we're being, what we're, our chickens are eating. So we know that they're eating the best diet possible. So they're producing the most nutritious eggs possible so that we're eating the most nutritious eggs possible. And that's one of the benefits. So if you have land or you have your, you have the ability to do that, just do it. It's, it's not as intimidating as you would think. And if you have any questions, reach out. I'd be happy to share what we do. But if you can't do it yourself, then again, look around, look around for local people that are selling their, their local eggs or local meat. That can be just a really good option for getting really, really healthy, nutrient-dense food at a good cost generally too. Another thing is to, to just kind of help get that really healthy, nutrient-dense food on the table is meal planning. And I know I talk about meal planning a lot because it's amazing <laughs> for, I, and I, I love, I love to be spontaneous. I'm a, I, I tend to be spontaneous with what I cook and, but I also, I also like order too. And I find that I, as like, I have all these little people relying on me for, well, they're not that little anymore. Actually, they're almost all taller than me, but I have people that are relying on me to put food on the table every night. I, I can't be as spontaneous as I would like to be anymore. So I have to be a little bit more organized about it. So I sit down once a week and I do all of my meal planning and I don't always love it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I don't always love going to the grocery store. I mean, it's like a good four hours out of my weekend between the meal planning and the and the shopping because we live a little outside of town. And that's a, that's a long time. But I also know that it's worth it. It's worth it to be prepared. It's worth it to have healthy nutrient-dense food in, in my fridge and in my freezer and in my pantry because – even knowing what I know, knowing how important it is to eat a whole food diet, if I'm not prepared, we're going to go get pizza. <laughs> 
Like we just are, or we're going to go out to dinner and we're not going to get a healthy meal and it's not going to be nourishing to our bodies. And so for, for me, I have to be prepared. And sometimes that, that meal planning doesn't always go the way that I plan for whatever reason. Maybe there's like a last minute appointment that comes up, or maybe I forgot to pull the meat out of the freezer, which that happens too or whatever, for some reason things don't go right. So then I also have a backup to my meal plan. So I will have, like I buy, I make sure that I have canned tuna or canned salmon and olives and artichokes and bell peppers or roasted peppers and things like that where I could put together like a really quick charcuterie style dinner if I needed to, or like, you know, canned salmon with with crackers and veggies on the side or something if if we need to, like if, if something happens where the meal plan doesn't work out. So I would try to also just make sure that my pantry is stocked with kind of more emergency type meals. And this time of year, actually, we lose power a lot. So it's good to have those emergency type meals. But meal planning can just be really helpful to keep you on track with your with your nutrition goals. And and also like just it's it's convenient. It's convenient to have what you need and to have a plan so that I can look at the night before I go to bed, ideally, and pull the meat out that I need, make sure that I have everything chopped up and ready to go for dinner so it can be as quick as possible, especially with like evening sports and stuff like that. Just just making sure that, you know, if we had a basketball game at five o'clock last night. And that means we're leaving the house at 4.15 and not getting home until close to seven. And that's weird for dinner. So that's a great night for, you know, a crock pot meal. So if I know that the night before, or if I can plan for that, you know, earlier in the week, then it doesn't have to be a scramble or a like, okay, we're just going to hit up pizza for the way home. Saves money, but it also helps us to, to stick with our nutrition goals. So, and, and, if you're wondering, we always on, on the jennahef.com, you can check out the meal plans. We have meal plans for purchase up there too. We have our winter meal plan up right now and, and the spring meal plan will be coming out in just a couple of weeks too. So be on the lookout for that as well. And you can always reach out. I love to share about meal planning. I love to share all things, all things food. So if ever you have any questions, feel free to just reach out. And then for me, you know, it really just, it helps me to stick on budget. And it also just helps me to feel prepared and not lose my mind <laughs> because, you know, we'd be eating pizza every night. And I love pizza. I'm not, I, I, nothing against pizza. It's just not the healthiest food for, for us to be eating all the time. So a couple of just like really easy, fun things that I like to make for the family. I already mentioned like crock pot, slow cooker meals. Chili is super easy to get ready and prepare and it can just simmer. And actually the longer it simmers, the better. So chili is a great one. Soups are great to do in the crock pot as well. I like to do uh, like sheet pan dinners. If it's something that I don't have to prepare ahead of time, you could cut the veggies ahead of time too and get everything kind of ready and prepared and prepared on the sheet and then just stick it in the oven. But also I, I do have some sheet pan recipes in that winter meal plan too. So, so anyway, get doing, those are a couple of just like really easy things. And then breakfast can be, can be challenging too. So making ahead like a granola recipe or, you know, egg muffins, things like that, just to make breakfast a little bit easier and, and less stressful can be really helpful too. And then the other, I guess, last thing that I really want to share about is picky eaters. <laughs> so I'm sure we all have that. I have my own version of picky eaters. Everyone has a little bit something, something that they're a little bit picky about, except for my husband. That man will eat anything. Thank you. 
Mrs. Huff. <laughs> Thank you to his mother. But he will eat anything, even if he doesn't like it. And we're working on that with our kids too. But, but you know, we also want to be mindful of the fact like there are just some things that they don't want to eat and we're not going to make them eat it. But I'm also not going to make myself crazy by cooking a million different meals for everybody to suit their, their preferences. So as far as picky eating goes, you know, I try to, I try to just make sure like one of my kids doesn't like quinoa. And so if we're having a meal with quinoa, I will just keep it separate. I would probably normally just mix it all together and do like a quinoa with meat and veggies in it or something, but she hates it and won't really doesn't want to eat it or will pick everything around it. So I'll just keep it separate and everybody can kind of make their own. So keeping things separate can be helpful for picky eaters. But but again, not cooking her anything else because that would be a little more on my plate than I want to put on my plate. But just, you know, if, if you want anything else, you can have more more vegetables and meat, but but I'm not cooking up another another like grain. You're not getting rice with it. This is what it is. And the same thing with like there's a, I guess my philosophy would be, you know, it's our job to put as moms to put healthy food on the table. It's the kid's job to choose whether or not to eat it or to have the healthy food available, you know? And so you really, you can't force a picky kid to eat a food. You can't force anybody to eat a food, but you can make sure that you're providing them with the most nutrition, nutritious options available. And then, you know, based on your your mental capacity. Like I, I have a nut, like one kid likes a vegetable cook, one likes it raw. If I know that like one kid will eat broccoli raw, but not cooked, it's really, it's no extra work for me to just take some of the raw broccoli out, set it aside for that kid that doesn't like it cooked and everybody else can have cooked and this child can have it raw. So things that are like easy to do, I don't actually mind doing. But then I always do try to encourage that child to have, okay, so why don't you just try a little bit of the cooked one and they'll try it and they usually don't like it, but you're still exposing them. You're still encouraging them to eat what everybody else is eating, but you're also not, you know, trying to strong arm them into something that they really don't want to do. So just kind of finding ways to, to make to make it a little bit easier on you, but also making sure that your kids are still getting nutrient-dense meals and nutri- nutritious foods. Because we really just want to, we want to be able to keep meal times enjoyable and keep them stress-free. And, and yeah, just, just to make sure that our kids are getting everything they need. So just to kind of recap, focusing on whole foods, trying to minimize processed foods as much as possible, making sure that you have a balance of foods at every meal. So you've got, you know, your protein, your healthy fats and your fiber and and carbohydrates and things like that, your fruits and your vegetables, and then making it doable and possible by meal planning (laughs) is going to be really, really helpful. And it's going to be good on the budget and it's going to be good for your own personal stress levels too. So that is all I have today. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to check out all of the wonderful meal plans that we have available at jennahuff.com. And if you go to shop, that's where you'll find those and be on the lookout for the spring one coming too. It's going to be exciting with lots of new recipes in it. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening.